Hawkeye Recap. Short audio episodes about Iowa Hawkeye football, basketball, games, and players, and articles from the last 100 years. Visit us at HawkeyeRecap.com. Iowa's next opponent is Purdue. The Hawks' all-time record in football is 40 wins, 50 losses, and 3 ties, or 45% winning percentage. A couple noteworthy streaks. There was a 20-game losing streak against Purdue from 1961 to 1980, with Fry defeating the Boilermakers 33-7 during the 1981 Rose Bowl season. Iowa later had a nine-game winning streak from 1983 to 1991. Also, as I was doing research, I noticed that a couple of the games were called Dad's Day. So I don't know if that was some precursor to the homecoming game, um, but they would call that out in a lot of the articles. That was uh, some special occasion, either at Purdue or at Iowa. So the first contest was October 22nd, 1910 at Iowa Field, and the Hawks win 16 to nothing. Jesse Holly is the Iowa football coach. Mark, or Mike, Highland scored two touchdowns and had some big runs behind excellent line play to power the rushing attack. Quarterback Paul Curry ran the ball well around the defensive ends on both sides, while also gaining yards on punt returns. The score could have been worse as three times the Hawks fumbled on the Purdue one-yard line. The defense held Purdue to one first down in the first half and never really threatened to score against the Iowa defense. And I've got a Daily Iowa news article you can read about the game. The next game, there was about an 11-year gap there, October 29, 1921. This is at Stewart Field in West Lafayette, Indiana. Iowa was victorious 13-6. Howard Jones was the coach. Purdue had lost their first three games of 1921 by a combined score of 51 to nothing. The Boilermakers scored their first points of the season against the Hawkeyes, but Iowa won the game 13-6 on a field covered with several inches of water. Aubrey Devine scored the first Hawkeye touchdown, but missed the extra point. He later scored the touchdown that won the game on a memorable punt return and then made the extra point. Devine accounted for all the points for Iowa. The next matchup, October 18, 1922. This one is back at Iowa Field, and Iowa wins 56 to nothing, and Howard Jones is the coach. The Boilermakers had not scored a point in their previous two games, having lost to Notre Dame and Chicago by a combined score of 32 to nothing. The Hawkeyes gave Purdue a third consecutive shutout, beating the Boilermakers 56-0. It is the worst loss in 110 years of varsity football at Purdue. The passing offense wasn't as strong, but the rushing game was exceptional, led by quarterback Gordon Lockie, who scored two touchdowns and seemed to pick up the necessary yardage when needed. A complete breakdown by quarter is available in the Daily Iowan article. And just a Historical note, Howard Jones had two undefeated seasons, both in 1921 and 1922. Both teams went 7-0, and and they were both Coke champions of the Big Ten, and both were voted national champions by the Billingsley Report. So those were two really good teams he had. The next contest, October 13, 1923, also at Iowa Field. Iowa wins 7-0. Howard Jones is still the coach. After winning easily the last two years, the Hawks struggled with Purdue, winning by only one touchdown in front of 10,000 fans. The game was scoreless until the fourth quarter, when Wesley Fry rushed over the goal line for the only score of the game, and Daryl Fisher kicked the extra point. 
Twice Purdue had the ball inside the Iowa five-yard line, but was unable to come away with any points. Iowa had the ball at the Purdue eight-yard line in the second half, but also was unable to score. Purdue passed 20 times in the game, which was considered high back then. And there's also a detailed breakdown of the major plays available in the Daily Iowa article. The next contest is November 16, 1929. This is at Rossaid Stadium, and the Hawks lose 7 0. Burton Ingwerson is the coach, and there are 25,000 fans in attendance. After not playing each other for five seasons, the Hawks traveled to the brand new Rossaid Stadium, which was built the same year as Iowa Stadium. Purdue's aerial attack was effective enough to score one touchdown in the second quarter, which was the difference in the ballgame. The win clinched a share of the Big Ten title for the Boilermakers. Iowa had two big opportunities to tie the game, but missed open receivers that likely would have resulted in a touchdown. And there's a Daily Iowan article about this game. There's articles about almost all the games, so if I forget to mention that. You can check the game page to download and view that article. The next game was October 18th, 1930 at Iowa Stadium, but the Hawks lose 20 to nothing. Burton Ingerson was also the coach. It was the first game for Purdue in Iowa Stadium as the stadium was built in 1929, also known as Kinnick Stadium today, but I don't have a game recap available at this time. There is a Daily Iowa article that you could read if you want to Learn more about that game. Next contest, November 14th, 1931. This was at Ross Aid Stadium. Ingerson was still the coach. There is a Daily Iowa article about this game, but I don't have a recap summarized yet. So let's go to November 12th, 1932 at Iowa Stadium. Hawks lose 18 to nothing. Ozzie Solomon is the coach and there are 5,000 fans in attendance. Driving, pounding backfield, running with strong blocking made it difficult for the Hawks to stop Purdue's offense. On offense, Iowa struggled to move the ball against a tough Boilermaker defense, who remained undefeated on the season, and it was clear why they were one of the top teams in the country. Dwayne Purvis rushed for 190 yards on 23 carries, including one touchdown, and threw a 50-yard touchdown pass. Zud Shamal played one of his best games for Iowa on defense, including several tackles for lost and recovered a fumbled punt. Iowa had some opportunities to score earlier in the game, but could not convert a fumbled punt recovery or another fumble recovery in Purdue territory. Iowa punter George Taro had an impressive day with two long punts, 75 yards and 65 yards. The 75-yard punt was while standing on the Iowa goal line. Got a summary of the scores by quarter, and I've got a link to a Daily Iowan article. November 18, 1933, Ross Aid Stadium. Iowa wins 14-6. Ozzie Solomon is the coach, and there are 16,000 in attendance. And I've got a breakdown of scores by quarter. Quarterback Joe Laws scored two touchdowns on long, sparkling runs to allow the Hawks to surprise Purdue and damage their hopes for a conference championship. The defense struggled to stop Purdue's talented offense, but was able to avert multiple scoring attempts when they got deep into Iowa territory. They also knocked down 10 of 12 passes attempts. The only touchdown by Purdue came on a blocked punt in the fourth quarter. Iowa advanced to the Purdue nine-yard line in the second quarter, but a fumble ended the drive. A long run by Dick Crane set up the first touchdown by Laws. The second touchdown came on a 55-yard punt return, and I've got a Daily Iowa article about the game.
Next up, November 10th, 1934. The game is at Iowa Stadium. Iowa loses 13-6. Ozzie Solem is the coach, and there are 20,000 in attendance. I've got the scores broken down by quarter. All three touchdowns were through the air, but unfortunately, Purdue had two of those scores. Statistically, the Hawks were clearly outmatched, giving up 26 first downs and only earning four, and allowing 469 yards on defense and only getting 84 yards on offense. But the Hawk defense was tough to score upon. Three times the defense held Purdue inside their own 20-yard line. John Hild and Don Nelson were recognized for their great effort. Dick Crane was again exceptional in the game for Iowa, but newcomer Frank Jakubek was the breakout star in the game, catching a 69-yard pass to set up Iowa's first score, leading to a stunning 6-0 lead in the second quarter. Purdue scored at the very end of the first half to tie the game at 6-6. Purdue would tack on the winning score in the third quarter on a touchdown pass. And I've got a Daily Iowa article about the game. November 16, 1935, Ross-Ade Stadium. Hawks lose 12-6. Ossie Solomon is the coach. 17,000 were in attendance. Purdue scored in the second quarter on a 15-yard touchdown pass and took a 6-0 lead into halftime, and they were smelling an upset. The Hawkeyes tied the game right after halftime on a 47-yard pass play from Ozzie Simmons to Homer Harris. But Purdue bounced back when Tom McGannon's 66-yard touchdown interception return put Purdue ahead for good. Iowa attempted to tie the game late in the game, but a long pass was intercepted in Purdue territory to seal the upset victory over Iowa. The Purdue rushing game was tough for Iowa to stop and was a big reason for the win, accounting for 140 yards. The win evened the series between the schools at 7-7. Seven and seven. And there's a Daily Iowa article about the game. November 14, 1936, Iowa Stadium. Hawks lose 13 to nothing. Ozzie Solomon is the coach. I don't have a game recap for this one yet, but there is a Daily Iowa article about the game. Next up, October 30th, 1937, Ross-Ade Stadium. Hawks lose again 13 to nothing. Earl Tubbs is the coach and there are 22,000 in attendance. Purdue used good defense and two trick plays for touchdowns to defeat the Hawks. The trick plays were laterals as the runner was being tackled. So maybe that was some early version of the option that would become more popular like in the 1970s. Purdue scored their first touchdown shortly after recovering a Nile kick punt return fumble. Iowa almost scored in the fourth quarter, but Dick Evans was tracked down from behind after a 47-yard pass from Kinnick. And there's a Daily Iowa article about the game. October 29, 1938, Iowa ties Purdue 0-0. Earl Tubbs is the coach, and the game was played at Iowa Stadium. An overmatched Hawkeye team forced one of the best teams in the country to a 0-0 tie game. Russell Busk caused havoc for Purdue's passing game, with the biggest play coming on an interception in the final minute. Chuck Brady and Jim Kelly were a big part of the shutout, as they were involved with most tackles during the game. The Hawks were also able to contain the Boilermakers' offense by recovering four fumbles. And there's a Daily Island article. And the last one I'm going to cover is 1939. There's a lot more history to cover, but I'll go through those in future games. And I think that's how the Big Ten teams are going to roll out, is I'll go up through the now Kinnick era, if that's a decent number of games. Otherwise, I might try to go through the Evashevsky era, or maybe up through right before Hayden Fry, so just depending on how many games. So the last one is November 4th, 1939. Iowa wins 4 to nothing. 
at ross Aid Stadium. Eddie Anderson is the coach. Purdue's Jack Brown intercepted four Nile Kinnick passes in the game. Iowa had an apparent touchdown negated by a false start on Ken Petit in the first half, and turnovers killed the other Iowa drives. A fumble ended Purdue's only serious scoring threat of the scoreless first half. The defensive struggle continued early in the fourth quarter. A bobbled snap allowed Iowa to tackle Purdue in the end zone for the safety and the game's first points. Mike Enoch came crashing through the line for a second block punt of the game, and Purdue recovered it in the end zone for another Iowa safety. Iowa then ran out the clock on one of the most bizarre final scores in Hawkeye football history. And of course you can find a daily Iowa article about that. And as a reminder, to be able to access these old Purdue games, go to HawkeyeRecap.com, scroll down to Opponent, and select Purdue, and then go to Sport and select Football. And then it'll show the most recent games all the way to the oldest. I didn't mention any videos because there weren't any of Iowa and Purdue until about the 1940s. But you can see those videos from past games. I think there's a few from the 40s couple from the 50s, and then obviously in the 80s, 90s, they become more prevalent.